Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. We've been looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit as the Apostle Paul laid them out when he was writing to the people in a supernatural community, the church at Corinth. And in chapter 12, he says to this church family there, his brothers and sisters, he calls them, he doesn't want them to be uninformed or to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. He wants them to know about them. And we do too. That's why we're doing this series. We want to know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we don't just want to know about them We want to open up those gifts for ourselves so that we can use them in order to be able to bless others. We can trust that all the gifts that he's going to list are good because we are in the family of our Father God who Jesus said only gives good gifts to his children because he loves us. He won't give a snake or a rock if his child asks him for a fish or for some bread. So are you hungry for all God's God for you today? Because know that he's good and that he only gives good gifts. That's why in chapter 14, Paul writes, we should eagerly desire these spiritual gifts. It's not an option, it's a command, it's an imperative because he says they will help us to love. They'll help us to love one another. So we are to earnestly desire them. And he says, especially prophecy, all these things. This isn't passive. It's not like, well, I'm okay with them if God wants to give them to me. It's active. You've got to say to the Holy Spirit, I eagerly desire more of you and everything that you've got for me. And that's when he's going to give you his gifts. Here at Ivy, we've made it really clear why we believe we exist. What matters about being here is we want to be a supernatural community that's all about Jesus. He is our focus. Now notice we didn't say we're all about the Holy Spirit. I had a well-known prophet recently try and correct me on that when they heard about our vision. But you know what? The reason we're not all about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is not all about himself. Scripture says he's all about Jesus. Yes, the Holy Spirit is God and he's the most humble person you could ever know. Remember, and we keep on underlining this until everybody gets it, The Holy Spirit is not an it. He is a person, not a force, not a feeling, not a power, although he has so much power available to us. He wants to talk with you in your spirit and he wants to lead you and empower you for a supernatural life so you can love other people better. And as a result of that, he's given his gifts. So we will use them to change the world. That starts from the day you say no to sin in your old life, and open your heart up to Jesus Christ, the one who died to save you from your sins. Then the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, to bring you everlasting life, starting there and then, but lasting forever. Eternal life can start today, if you ask him today. Then the Holy Spirit comes and lives in me to change me, and rests on me to change the world around me. The fruit of the Spirit, is what grows inside of me. That's listed in Galatians chapter five. It's the evidence of a spiritual life and it's measurable. Fruit is meant to be visible. When people who know me best can see up close over time that I'm growing in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, 
faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. It's the spirit working inside my spirit. It's evident. If it's not evident, it's not there. Did you ever see invisible fruit? No, neither did I. So there's spiritual fruit and there are many spiritual gifts too. And just some of them are listed here in Corinthians that we're looking at in this series. But in other places in the New Testament, there are others as well. And some of this list get repeated or there are different emphasis or orders to the spiritual gifts. But Paul writes here, and as you read through the chapter, you'll see that the Spirit gives his gifts to every one of his children. And they're not just for your own good, but they're for my good and the people around you. Verse 7 says it's for the common good. So it's actually selfish to say you don't want spiritual gifts because we all need you to get them and use them. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you have the giver of the good gifts inside of you. His gifts are there too, ready for you to open them, to unwrap them, to exercise and to grow these gifts. And this dark, hurting, broken world needs you to use these gifts, not bury them in the ground out of fear like the man Jesus talked about in that parable, the parable of the talents. So please don't let anything hold you back from saying to God today, I want that super for my natural. The natural church can do a little bit of good naturally, like any group of nice people trying to do good things for their area. But you know what? This is not the Rotary Club. It's not the Women's Institute or something like that. We have the presence and the power of God available and he wants the supernatural to be increasingly our new normal, to be natural to us. Now, when you look at the list of the gifts of the Spirit here and elsewhere in Scripture, they're not always spectacular. And this is where we get a lot of confusion. It doesn't have to be spectacular to be supernatural. The devil, if you remember, tried to tempt Jesus. And the way he did it, he said, go and throw yourself down off the roof of the temple and fly like Superman. But Jesus said, no, I'm the son of man. I'm not Superman. I don't have to prove anything to you. I don't have to do something spectacular. Some of these gifts then, as we look through them, you might read them and you may already have these gifts. You might be using naturally some of these gifts that God gave you. And you might think, well, that's not spectacular. Anybody can do that, but that's not true. Whatever these gifts are in this list and in other lists, nobody can do it like you because there's only one you. There's only ever been one you. There will only ever be one you. And if you don't write that, sing that, paint that, make that, serve now, show us how you do it. If you don't build it, design it, arrange it, plan it, pray it, say it, prepare it or declare it. If you don't feed it, lead it, teach it, preach it. We all miss it, especially you, because there's nothing sadder than an unopened gift. Yes, maybe God will use somebody else to do it. If heaven thinks it's important enough, if it matters enough to get it done, but do you really want that to happen? To have somebody else come along and maybe you see them do what God designed and called and gifted you to do so that one day you even, he, he wanted to reward you for it. He wanted to say, well done, good and faithful servant for what you did with the gifts I gave you, enter into your master's happiness. But instead you overhear that being said to somebody else. You know, after everything that it cost Jesus on that cross, 
all the love that the Father has lavished upon me throughout my whole life and the way that he saved me. I don't want to be that guy who buried too many of the Holy Spirit's gifts and just listen in on that commendation conversation with somebody else who used his or her gifts and was brave enough to do so and didn't just shrink back in fear like I did. So we've already started looking at some of these gifts. I hope you've been enjoying the series so far and studying it together. And Paul started with the gift of wisdom, the word of wisdom it's called here. Who's wise? Who knows everything? God. God does. When people say, well, I don't know, they're going to say sometimes, God knows. And you know what? They're right. God does know. God is omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. And when he lives inside of you, the spirit is able to instruct you and tell you what he knows. Psalm 119 says you can have knowledge above that of your teachers. 1 John 2.20 says you have an anointing from the Holy One to know all things. That means the spirit in you can enable you to know the wise thing to do the wise thing to say, the next step forward for yourself or for somebody else. So the word of wisdom isn't talking about human reasoning. It's not about a high IQ, more education. It's not even about more theological qualifications. Anybody can be a highly educated fool. But the anointing gives you a divine insight, idea, solution or perspective. It's God's best at the right time, the way to guide you or somebody else. Even if the world says different, you know what? Often this is going to be the opposite of what culture says because the Bible says God's wisdom confounds the world's wisdom and looks like foolishness to the world. Or what about the word of knowledge? Again, that could refer to biblical knowledge, which you can grow in. You know how you do that? Read the Bible regularly and faithfully. But we're talking too here about a gift of the Spirit and a special word a person needs urgently. It could be a word of scripture. But these words will be, Proverbs says, apples of gold in settings of silver. Isaiah says it's the word that sustains the weary. It's a timely, relevant message that people know that's from God, that's from the Holy Spirit, because he assures somebody who hears it that, that God, not man, has spoken. And often when you give it, it'll come out of your mouth and you'll be like, where did that come from? And it comes from the spirit inside of you. That's the kind of word that builds the next gift, the gift of faith. When in your heart, in your spirit, the Holy Spirit puts this amazing ability for you to just trust God, no matter what the situation looks like, however high that mountain looks, it looks like a mountain, it's not a mountain anymore, it's a molehill to God. And maybe in a crisis or for some great endeavour, your, your faith needs to grow by being stretched beyond the natural to the supernatural realm and results. And, but the gift of faith is when you just know somehow God's got this, that mountain is going to move and be cast in the sea. And today, as next week we have special healing services next week, and I, I want you to pray who you're going to invite. It's really great timing from God to encourage our faith and I want to pray for the gift of faith for you because we're focusing on the next on the list which is healing or the gift of healing. This isn't faith healing, this is faith in Jesus who heals. And the first thing I want to say about that is it doesn't have to be spectacular. It doesn't have to be a spectacular gift for us to start to grow in faith. It can just start when we just thank God, thank God for his healing natural or supernatural. That's the way it seems to us because actually really, guess what? It's all supernatural, whether or not it's spectacular. I bet you believe in what we might call natural healing already, don't you? You know, 
every cell in your body is a miracle. When you think about it, the Bible says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your body was formed in the womb by God to be this incredible self-healing organism. So many ways and facets to this. We don't even know how it all works. Even if scientists can make up complicated long words, doesn't mean they can actually understand it. The best they can do is replicate it or try and learn how to help and work with it rather than work against it. You have already been healed so many times in your life. Psalm 103 verses 2 and 3 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. How many sins? All of them. He, you know, maybe you're still not there with this. You need to know, he really will do that for you. He'll do that for anyone, whatever we've done. People may not forgive you. You might have a terrible time even forgiving yourself, but bless the Lord, O my soul, and may I never forget. Jesus paid the price on that cross so that all my sins, when I turn away from them and turn to him, are forgiven because he paid the price in full for them. He took the punishment. I get the benefits. I don't have to feel guilty anymore because he was pronounced guilty even though he was innocent. That's the greatest miracle to me, how God made a way, the only way for me, a sinner, to be called and to become a saint, a servant and a son in his kingdom. But it doesn't stop there, does it? Look at the verse again. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. How many? How many times have you been healed so far in your life? I've got no idea how many sicknesses and diseases I've had in the last 58 years. I forget all these benefits. I know I had scarlet fever when I was about seven. I had German measles as well, apparently, and God healed me. I had mumps when I was eight. Ooh, kind of can still remember that. God healed me. Zoe says I must have had chicken pox, but I don't remember. Coughs, colds, COVID, flus, fevers. He healed them all. Do we thank God for his healing or do we forget his benefits? Whether we prayed or not, whether we knew God or not, whether somebody else prayed or whether he was just kind. I was beaten up by six men. God healed my bruises and broken bones. I, I bust my knee so badly I had an operation under general when I was 21. Now it's right as rain. I have scars on my body to remind me of places and ways that he's healed me when I had accidents or just did something stupid. Sporting injuries healed. My back's been healed umpteen times. I've been in car crashes. My neck, I thought I'd broken my neck, but bless the Lord, oh my soul. He has gifted me with healing. I don't know why. I don't deserve to be healed any more than ever, anybody else ever would, but gifts are not about deserving any more than the forgiving was about deserving. It was all about grace. So, yeah. when I was 16, a doctor told me my heart beats with a funny rhythm and extra beats when I was going for the, to join the police. In recent years, my pulse rate has got lower and lower. My resting pulse rate now is about 36 at night. And I started to worry about it and I went to the doctors and they sent me for various tests. I also got prayer and I got praying myself. I lay my hands on my own heart and I declare to Lord, Lord, you've God has given me a new heart. And this year they sent me for an ECG, EEG, 
then an ultrasound, then finally an MRI scan until the consultant sent me a one-line letter the other week. Your heart's completely fine. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And you know what? Every heartbeat is unique anyway. Zoe said she thinks having a heart that beats a bit weird is just part of how God made me. I'm a bit different. I've got extra beats because I have a heart after God. He's made me a man after his own heart, she said. And I love that. I do want that to be true of me. I want a heart that is full of love and gratitude. So if you ask me, when you ask me, does God heal today? My answer is, of course. He's healed all my diseases so far. It's the year of blessings and I count my blessings and God has gifted his healing to me. He even took my gallbladder out when it was trying to take me out. And you might say, oh, didn't a doctor do that? Well, yeah, but check the signature on all the prescriptions. The bottom line, if you can read the doctor's writing, it was Dr. Jesus. He just used somebody else's hands to bring his healing to me. And of course, sometimes he will. He sent medics and he's used medicine for you as well to help and to heal. I thank God for all of that and for all of them. But all my life, God has gifted his healing to me. How about you? Forget not all his benefits. That's a great place to start, by the way, when you pray for somebody else from that place of gratitude. Now, I get to cooperate with his healing by leading a healthy lifestyle, by doing the best I can with what he gave me, watching what I put into it, exercising, stewarding my body well. You know, sometimes people say, oh, it doesn't really matter. When your time's up, you'll go anyway. They can even say that as Christians, but the Bible actually doesn't say that. In various places, if you read it, if you look in Proverbs, for instance, it says there are things you can do with that body, choices that we make that can shorten your life, or, or we can prolong and add, li add life, add years to our life. So I speak life to my body and health and healing and strength in Jesus' name. And I, and I also set a guard over my mouth. I don't say things like, oh, I'm sick and, and tired. No, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. By his stripes, I am healed. So I don't agree with the enemy, the devil, when he comes and tries to put me in fear, when he says to me, oh, it's just gonna go from bad to worse now, or, Remember how old somebody in my family was when they died or, or this thing runs in your family. You know what? The only thing that runs in my family now is faith because I'm in the family of God. So I don't speak curses and death out over my body. I speak blessings and life in Jesus' name. Can I suggest you do the same? That's my prescription today for you. So remember, it doesn't have to be spectacular to be supernatural. Following what God says in his word. Here's, here's something else that I do to be healthy. I laugh. I do things that I enjoy. Having fun. Telling dad jokes. Why? Because Proverbs 17, 22 says, A merry heart is like a good medicine, but a depressed spirit dries up the bones. Isn't that true? Could it be the best tablet, the best tonic you could take is not from the GP, but you go out somewhere, get out in God's creation, breathe in some fresh air. Jesus said, don't worry. He said, look at some flowers, something beautiful, butterflies, a bumblebee. You know, they say bumblebees, they shouldn't really be able to fly at all, except nobody told them. 
isn't that funny? You know, laugh at the ridiculous stuff that's going on. Look, look at a bumblebee, it'll give you a buzz. Terrible jokes, I like them. Or, like Zoe does, even those daft animal videos, just have a good, clean laugh and it's gonna help you to bless the Lord, oh my soul, because he's healed me naturally, supernaturally, not always spectacularly. What I'm doing now, are you doing it? I'm recalling his benefits. Are you doing that? Can you remember when he helped you, when he healed you, when he blessed you, when he gifted his healing to you? He's done it. Maybe somebody prayed, maybe you prayed, maybe he just loves you and he did it. How about you pass the gift on? He wants you and me to be channels for his blessing from heaven to earth. People have prayed for me, I've prayed for others. Every time anything is wrong, I want to come to my Father in the name of Jesus and ask him. I'm not just going to accept it. If somebody tells me that they're ill, I'm going to ask him, put it right. I want the gift of faith to grow in me. And the way anything grows is you have to exercise it, you have to feed it. So today, I want to thank Jesus for the healing that he bought for me and for you at Calvary. Because as Jonathan Conrath says, who's coming to Ivy next week, there is healing in the atonement. Something happened at the cross to be able to release healing to us. And some people like Jonathan, maybe they have a gift of healing, but they'd say, I've spoken to him. That's not because there's anything special about them. It's a gift. Their faith has grown because they've stretched it. It's not because they never miss it or they, ne they never face a disappointment or have any questions. It's because they don't give up praying. And what you exercise and what you feed grows, including doubt, by the way. God will keep on healing me. I believe that. Of everything that I ever get healed of, all my diseases, until the day comes when he heals me forever with the ultimate healing, upgrading my body to a perfect resurrection body that will never again be subject to disease or destruction or decay. As D.L. Moody said, one day you'll hear that I've died. Do not believe it, for I will be more alive on that day than ever before. Now, until then, if you ask me to pray for you, I, I want to pray for you like there's nothing to lose and everything to gain. I want to pray big miracle prayers. I want to pray for you like I'd want you to pray for me, even if it's serious. No, especially if it's really serious, I want you to lay hands on me and pray for me with every bit of faith that you've got until the end. Even though I know the end isn't the end, it just leads to a better beginning. You know, I, I really don't fear death at all. I, I just don't want to be there when it happens, as somebody once said. But I'd still want you to pray for me if and when I get sick, knowing it, if it doesn't seem to work, I won't blame you. Because if it does, I won't really be thanking you either. I'll be thanking the one who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases, who is not going to share his glory with another. So no matter what sickness and disease you have, or people you might invite along next week, no matter what the doctors say is the diagnosis, I, I don't want to just pray for comfort for you in your pain. God can do that. I want to pray for complete healing for you, believing that the word and the promises of God are still true in the name of Jesus, the great physician who is in charge of the prognosis and who is the same yesterday, today and forever. Jesus healed the blind and the lame and the leper and the demoniac. Jesus healed with a word or with a touch, up close or at a distance. 
And he told me to pray, so I will, and I will ask, or I will command that he heal you from the top of your head to the end of your big toe. I'm going to pray expecting a miracle. At times I might declare by faith that you are healed in Jesus' mighty name. Or the Holy Spirit inside may direct my spirit to break off a curse or for the spirit of infirmity or some other tormentor to be gone in the name of Jesus. As I exercise, as I grow my gift of healing, I believe the days are coming when I'll even pray for resurrections as some people I've met and some of our brothers and sisters in faith are seeing, even in our day, I actually spoke with one just yesterday. There have been times I've been praying for somebody and I know the Lord wants them to forgive somebody. There's a blockage. You, you know, there's this sin that's unconfessed and the Bible says, that if you can seal your sins, you can't prosper. You're not going to flourish or thrive. You can't take hold of what he wants to give you until you, you do that, until, until you confess and renounce your sins. But Jesus said that because I follow him, when I lay hands on the sick, they will recover. I want to believe that. And yes, there have been times, hard times, heartbreaking, when over 36 years of praying for others, yeah, I've not seen the healing in this life, that I would want to see. What, what do I do with that? What do you do with that? Do I give up? Give up on what? On God? On prayer? No, I don't give up on that. I give it up to God, which by the way, is prayer. So right now, when I talk with him about this, about healing prayer, I'm asking him to add to me, me of little faith, Add to me the gift of faith to pray again and to pray big and to pray bold, to pray the kind of prayers that lead to payback on the devil for those times when it seemed like he'd won. Though I know he's a liar and he's a defeated enemy. I want to pray like that desperate dad in scripture who asked Jesus to heal his son. You remember, he'd seen him suffer and be tormented and throw himself in the flames. He'd been oppressed terribly for a long time. And when Jesus said to him, do you believe I can do this? The dad gave a great answer. You know what he said? It's a prayer I can always pray, even when I'm wobbling or struggling. He said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That's how faith grows, by stretching. You exercise it. If you don't exercise it, it shrinks away to nothing. So now we're going to ask again, right where you are, for him to do this thing. He has healed you many times or you wouldn't be here. However your health is today. And we want to gratefully focus on Jesus now. We're all about Jesus. We want to ask him to supernaturally move in power. And as we love like he loves, we lay hands on the sick wherever you are. You can even lay hands on yourself if there's nobody else there. But when I lay my hands on people, very often that faith starts to rise. And he tells me what he wants me to do. And I speak it out. What he wants to do, I don't just talk about the problem, I talk about Jesus and the solution. Jesus will tell you the Holy Spirit helps us when we pray, even when we don't know what to pray in our weakness. Don't just tell him about what's wrong with the person, he already knows that. Tell him, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you can touch this person. There are so many references to people touching Jesus and being healed. He didn't leave us a handbook or, or techniques. He just said, go and pray and lay hands on the sick and they will recover. He just did what the father told him to do and he told us to do the same and it didn't always look safe or pretty. You know, remember one time I read here, Jesus prayed for the same guy twice. It might not always be instant healing. He didn't just 
speak, he'd sometimes breathe on people. One time he actually spat mud pies on a guy's eyes and told him to go and wash it off. I've never had the Holy Spirit tell me to do that. Well, yet. But what I'm saying here is that's not a formula. There's no formula. There's just faith in Jesus and in his word. Naaman was told to go and dip in a river seven times. And it was only on the last time that his skin was healed. Sometimes you've got to push through and get prayer again. Maybe, maybe we'll have to pray more than once or receive it more than once. Come next week. Be the first up for prayer if you need it. Or whoever you want to bring, get them up there. Say, I'll come with you. As we exercise faith and pray for healing in Jesus' name, I believe we are going to see miracles. I believe we're going to see this beautiful gift of healing more and more in Ivy. And as the church moves out in the world too, when we don't just say, when somebody tells us that they're ill or sick, oh, how sad, that's the way it is. But we say, you know what? Can I pray for you in Jesus' name? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Let's not forget his benefits. Let's see them more and more in our church and in our world today and tomorrow. <laughs>